So, uh, on the way to record tonight's podcast, I was listening to last week's podcast. Yeah, wait, wait, Bodie, before well, you start. Yes. Stop the presses. Oh, okay. Uh, I have just received an urgent dispatch from the United States government. Uh-oh. Officer of the President, in oh. fact, uh, informing us uh, that from today on, uh, there are words that we're no longer allowed to use on this podcast. I'm kind of, kind of freaking out a little bit, man. I'm not really sure what to make of this. Um, Gosh, I, I sure hope that word isn't like Stephen Hyde. No, it's not okay. Stephen Hyde, but it is. It is a list of words, and it, oddly enough, I mean, it sort of feels like the government kind of got this right a little bit. Like maybe they've been listening to our podcast and 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 have given us a a, a list of words that. I don't know. It might not be that difficult for us to avoid these words in the future, but, but yeah. So these are these are words that that are that are now going to be banned on the Yeah You Ride podcast. Uh oh. So here's the list. You ready? Sure. Yeah. First word. Gator skins. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We don't need to talk about those anymore. Yeah. We've, Matt, we've, Matt's going to love that. We've, we've thoroughly killed that. Okay. Uh, second word. It's two words actually. It's the word Belgi. Or the word Belgian, but in parentheses it says, unless we are actually referring to the country. Okay. Well, I actually agree with our government. Wow. Okay. That's that's pretty pretty crazy, yeah. man. We'll just is... call it the waffle ride from now on. All right. Uh, next word, podium bike. Yes. Or the plural of that, podium bikes. Well, okay. Um, now, if that word's banned, I don't, I don't know. We're going to find a, way, a new way to critique podiums with bikes next to them. That's true. That may be tough. Podium a la carte. <laughs> uh, fourth word, 23 millimeter. Yeah, fair. I don't even know what that is. What is, what is, who, so, who rides anything that's 23? That's a unit of measurement that I'm not familiar with any exactly. longer. Exactly. Yep. 28 is the smallest I've heard. They, they make tires these days anyway. Fifth one. Interesting. Kind of interesting. I'm not sure. Recovery ride. <laughs> unless, again, in parentheses, recovery ride, unless you're referring to an actual part of a training plan. Well, it's a good thing we're not training. <laughs> I mean, cause you know, I mean, you go like with guys and they're like, oh, it's going to recovery ride, which either means that like, they don't really feel like riding very hard that day or they're going to smash it anyway. And they're just calling it a recovery ride. They're just calling it a recovery ride. So they can tease you out of riding and then they're just going to make you chase the entire day. Yeah. yeah that there's, sucks. There's no such thing as a group ride. That's a recovery ride. If you're on an actual recovery ride, you're like either on your own or you're with like some dude that's your training partner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next word, marginal gains. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I mean, speaking of marginal gains, I think that's a... We'll, we'll kind of talk about that later in the podcast, but we're going to have to work around that word. So That's a tough yeah, one. That, that it, it is a tough one, but, you know, to me, that's one of those... It's another word that people throw around, which it, it, it's, it's a thing, right? Marginal gains is actually a thing for pros, but it's not a thing for bros, right? Yeah. Like you and I aren't making marginal gains. No, I've learned a hard lesson. Yeah, we either like suck bad or we suck a little bit less bad. But that's not a marginal gain. Uh, last word, Zwift. What? Yeah, I mean, I, you guys are Zwifting too much these days. So a, a week ago, I'd have thought you would have agreed with that one, Bodie, but pff, I don't know, man. Wait. You didn't look at my Strava, right? Let me delete something really fast. <laughs> um, Bodie was Zwiftin'. 
I was. Yeah, I was whiffing, so I guess I'm going to have to call it um, Fantasyland Cycling soon or something if we're banning Zwift. Video cycling. Video cycling. Video game cycling. All right, well, let's get this party started. Folks, welcome to episode 33 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. Uh, You may have noticed in in that cold open that there's just two of us. Uh, Tonight we are without our friend uh, Sir Cheerio, Mr. Matt Kite. It's true. Thanks for bringing the American flag and hanging it up here in the library tonight, Bodie. feel like we need to play like some Guns N' Roses, some good American rock and roll or something tonight, man. Yeah, we can really let our America just hang out Do you want to sing the national anthem with me real quick? I think so. I think think maybe... We need to do that. Um, that's God Bless America, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, the reason Matt couldn't be here tonight was that he got too drunk. He had heard, he, something, something about he was on Frenchman in his Def Leppard shorts, and he just he, he, he was too wasted to come in. Well, his, yeah, his wife just texted me a photo of Matt, like, passed out on his couch in his Def Leppard Union Jack uh, shorts, uh, not looking like he was fit to do much of anything other than just lay there. So, yeah, he was uh, celebrating a double British victory in the uh, World Cup races in Namor today. They rode pretty strong, those Brits. And, uh, yeah, so... So, yeah, Matt Matt deserves to uh, be able to tie one on <laughs> and, and sleep it off and skip the podcast tonight. I guess so. All right, we'll see if we can... Uh... Keep the show going without him. Yeah, and it's gonna be tough, man. That guy is. I think he's. I think he's the most talented of the three of us. I gotta say, you know, my hat's off to to that guy. He 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 brings it every week. And uh... well, he has been known to win the podcast, um, but I think this week he definitely does not win the podcast. Even though his fellow country, fellow countrymen won um, both the women's and junior. Uh, was it junior or U- 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 twenty one? U twenty U twenty three. World Cup in Namur. See, I'm um, already. I can't say twenty three. I'm already looking at this list and I'm getting Bzz. confused. Yep, yep. Can't say that. U twenty one. Okay, that's a new category. Um, <laughs> so, I guess what we're we're talking about Namur, the World Cup in Namur, and we won on the podcast because you and I tweeted at the worst announcer ant mccrossan and he wrote our tweets online he did i'm <laughs> not online like on the broadcast he did my i heard my name on the uh uci feed today i heard him try to attempt to say my yeah, name yeah what did he say bogenheimer or something <laughs> i don't know i mean it's german come on like i figured maybe he'd be able to pronounce it he may have gotten an email from the president as well and bodingheimer was his one on his banned word list oh, so he gosh. had to come up with something ridiculous big news uh, uh, but I disagree that Ant McCrossin is the world's worst broadcaster. But that's a conversation. Not, that's a conversation for another worst, time. But he's he's really subpar. Yeah, I like the guy, and and uh, I think the Slow Ride podcast has my back on that one too. I saw they tweeted that they uh, appreciate uh, Ant as a broadcaster. I think they appreciated that he read their tweets um, more than anything. Well, uh, I appreciate that he <laughs> read my tweet as well. I I'm glad he read my tweet, but I don't think he's a good announcer. Um, I think, like I said, he's subpar. I think someone like Tim Johnson would be great. 
Well, I like him because at least I speak his language. Um, the other announcers that we can occasionally get on the pirate feeds that we watch speak Belgian. Appropriate use of yeah. the word Belgian right there. They speak Flemish. Flemish. Sorry, that was an inappropriate use because yeah. there is no Belgian language. Nah, buzz. Uh, they are Belgian and they speak Flemish or Dutch. Yeah, but I think the they U- speak Dutch. The UCI feed is, yeah, they do speak Dutch, but Flemish... Some parts of Belgium speak Flemish. That's right. Okay. But on Sporza, I think they're speaking they're Dutch. They're speaking Dutch. But the UCI feed is always in English. That's right. So, because that's the uh, English is the, the language of cycling. So we're getting around to talking about the race in Nemours today. And we'll get back to Aunt McCrossan reading our tweets, because both of our tweets were about some, or my tweet at least, was about... Uh, something that was a bit controversial that happened in the races today, but we'll get to that uh, in time. So the Namor, I think, is the... First off, if anyone is listening to this and hasn't watched the race, go back and grab yourself a a replay because it's great to watch. Neither of the men's or the women's races was the most competitive, were the most competitive races, uh, but this is the heart of the European cyclocross season right now. Namor is a fantastic, beautiful, mysterious, majestic, muddy cyclocross course. And it's a Wait, gr- could you say it's Belgi? I wouldn't say it's Belgi. Oh, wait, that, actually, where is Namor? Namor is in Belgium. Okay. Yeah, it is the citadel that guards the... See, Matt would know the answer to this. It guards a castle, a very famous castle in Belgium. So it's the fortress that overlooks the town and guards is, uh, serves as a guard for a fairly famous castle. And uh, it's on a big hill. Uh, it's a strategic spot on the top of a big hill, and the race uh, races up and down that hill and around the citadel at the top through some forested hillsides and uh, down to the down to the road below and I mean you watched it it's epic yeah I it's I would say and it was also it was very retro cross weather too I heard that the temps were uh, around freezing in the morning and chilly then, and damp chilly and damp and then so that made the course. Uh, kind of muddy. A lot, a lot of running, a lot of running uphill and some sloggy stuff. Um, but I didn't, not, not so muddy that it was crazy and unrideable. It was it was very rideable. Yeah, but some of the uphills you really couldn't go very far on your bike. And Too had steep. To, had to get off and run uh, sooner than you wanted to. Boat is um, yawning because uh, we all got up and watched this race live, and the uh, live feed started at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, it's been a long day. And so the the U-20... Ant race was won by Tom Pidcock. Pidcock. Yeah. Did not watch that, but I got up in time to watch the women's race, and that was that was a, a solid field. A lot of a lot of big name riders. Um, PFP is back. Yes. Um, you had Katarina, Katarina Nash was there. Um, you had Eva Lechner. We haven't seen too much in a while. Uh, Brand. You had Americans Katie and Katie, Ellen Noble, Emma White. Just a Solid field, um, so really good field. And Evie Richards 
in her what like second cross race ever <laughs> so i actually dug in and looked at her results this is the first result of any sort that she's ever had in a non national or world championship cyclocross race she's never raced a non-championship cyclocross race she shows up and races the british nationals and then worlds at least for the last i mean she's only 20 years old so she's only been doing yeah. this for a few years uh, but uh, but this is her first time she's ever raced a world cup race and showed up and just kicked ass and took names yeah she she started a little bit slow she was in the back but she motored through well that's right because she has no points so she's you know yeah. she's on the literally on the back row of the race um and she motored through and caught up to the lead uh three of nikki eva and um who else oh uh, katie compton katie compton um and then kind of just rode right through him and then went off the front and she was off the front for about a lap and a half probably um should have been more than that yeah should have been a five lap race yeah um the uci officials must have and you know i'm quoting someone there their, their abacus must have been broken because yeah. they, they literally they cannot do the math so in a world cup the a women's race should be at the minimum 40 minutes no more than 50. so that's a that's a, a good 10 minute leeway where you can figure out um you know you yeah. can have them from 42 to 48 i mean like there's and and the women were running about eight and a half nine minute laps yeah so you can do the math there. Any elementary school student can do the math there and can figure out that if you run four laps at nine minutes a lap, you're going to wind up with a 36-minute race. Yeah. So how in the world they ever did the math that, that, that came out suggesting to the officials that it be a four-lap race is beyond me. Again, you do the math and you figure nine minutes a lap at five laps, 45-minute race, puts you squarely, boom, perfect. literally right in the rocking chair uh, of the perfect length for the race. And of course, the women would prefer to race 50-plus minutes. You know, they'd, 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 rather, they'd rather the race be, you know, toward the longer side of that. But if you accept the rules at face value, and there's lots of reasons that you might want to change that rule, and we've actually talked about it on the podcast before, but even taking the rules as is and saying between 40 and 50 minutes, a five-lap race would have, would have put you right in the middle, uh, but it was, it was four laps. Um, there was, they did have a, a start prologue, essentially, that maybe added about two minutes because they came around that first lap right around 10 minutes, but like, you time it off the second lap, so then you would see how long it took for that second lap to happen, and then you would know the true lap time. Right. Which you said eight or nine minutes, and then you extrapolate from there, and you have a five-lap race. Like it's insane to me that they did it in four. Like, how do you not figure that out? Like, it's a World Cup. It's gonna always be a little bit longer than the regular UCIC one C twos, um, and so the men are supposed to be between sixty and seventy minutes, and it was spot on, because. Well, the men are always, you know. Yeah. right there and that they don't ever have a trouble they, figuring they, out yeah, how to make the men's race the man. right yeah you never seen the men get a race that's 55 minutes um so yeah that was unfortunate but like i said it should not take away from evie richards heck of a ride 
And also Nikki Bramier got second, so that's another reason, another Brit on the podium that encouraged uh, Matt to toss back the Quermounts and then uh, British beers too, uh, also. And Eva Lechner uh, rounded the podium in third. Yeah. Uh, coined a new uh, phrase this morning as we were sitting there watching the race together about the way Evie Richards uh, rode away from the most elite cyclocross uh, racers in the world. She uh, EVDP'd off the front. She sure did. Yes. And uh, uh, riding like EVDP today, that's for sure. So, and, and, and going back to the, um, the, the lap debacle, I did save a few tweets that I saw on Twitter that are pretty funny. Yeah, good. So I, uh, here's a tweet from Adam Meyerson. It says, look like this race is going to come in under 40 minutes. When even the World Cups can't the women's race right time, I don't know. Someone responded, oh, Kevin Bouchard Hall. I believe he's a brother of the president of USAC. He said, I don't think there are enough data points to say for sure the uterus won't fall out. Play it safe. And bears. Um, I don't need to... There's one more that was pretty funny. Um, oh, that's the one that you alluded to earlier about the abacus, and I think that was... Uh, yeah, Arlie Kemmerer. Arlie Kemmerer. There's a really big difference between a 38-minute race and a 46-minute race. Do we need to update the official's abacus? So anyway, obviously, you know, I'm not going to read all those tweets, but uh, Twitter had a... Twitter Twitter was pretty upset about it, and hopefully UCI, I don't know, sees enough of their mentions or people blowing up and saying, yo, you know, you, you caused an issue, you can fix this. You have rules. You can follow your own rules. So... Yeah, and, you know, it was the, a great course. You get up, you know, early to watch it. And yeah, maybe the race wasn't going to be decided on that last lap. I mean, you know, Evie Richards had a sizable gap. She probably wasn't going to lose it. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, huge racing going on. It wasn't like the race got cut short and we were deprived of a fantastic finish that we would have gotten if it had been one lap longer. But it just, you know, it's not cool. Well, but, but... You know who was storming through was PFP. That's true. Who I predicted would land on the podium when she was in 14th. She finished in 5th. Um, so she was on her way up. She might have caught Katie Compton. And then she might have caught Eva if there was another lap. So I'm pretty bummed about that. <laughs> in addition. Uh, the other notable thing about that woman's race was that a lot of the, a lot of the big hitters uh, were sort of mired in, in the back. Uh, Sana Kant finished out of the top 10 in this race and uh, no one of the that's you know leading the World Cup or has been doing well so far this season uh, was really challenging those those front three or, or four very much so it's kind of interesting that uh, that that's, uh, some of the big hitters uh, were so far back in that race um, so moving on to the men's race we uh, had a bit of a shakeup. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I texted you guys this morning as we were watching and said that saying that uh, uh, Wout Van Aert was riding like MVDP and MVDP was, was riding like Wout in this race. And I, and I didn't mean particular disrespect or, or props to, to either one, but it really was like that. Uh, Wout ran off the road off the front and... Uh, Whereas in, in previous races, it would be MVDP riding off the front and Wout chasing with the likes of Tunerts or Kevin Vanderhaar or someone. This week, it was Wout riding off the front and MVDP 
chasing with, in this case, two nerds. Yeah, and uh, the word is um, that MVDP might have been a little bit sick, apparently. According to Ant McCrossin, according to Ant, your least favorite broadcaster. He, he apparently he talked to uh, wow, uh, Matt Vanderpool's dad, Adri, yeah. or grandfather, dad. His grandfather is Pulador. That's right. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, we had a uh, Woot Van Aert. He won the race. Uh, Toon got second, and Vanderpool got third. I think really Woot only has to thank Mr. Stephen Hyde. Absolutely. They're two weeks in Spain, uh, bromancing with coffee shops and pancakes and photos and instagram like that was obviously the training they both needed they need to do that again yeah i was listening to wout's uh post-race interview and and i honestly was wondering and half expecting that he might mention something and and give a shout out to 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 hyde and uh and the time that they spent training together and Um, and because hyde rode to an 11th place yeah so you know look i mean you know, Wout, <laughs> Hyde, Stephen Hyde probably owes a lot more to Wout than Wout owes to owes to Hyde, and it was clear from Stephen Hyde's performance that something something rubbed off on him. This was his highest finish ever in a World Cup race. I believe so. Uh, he might have actually finished higher in one of the American World Cups, possibly. Yeah, but over. I mean. To do that over in Europe, usually it's a little deeper crowd. More of the uh, European riders are there. I think it's a solid finish. And I, I was actually trying to think of, in on the men's side, what is the highest American like American man placing? You know, in a lot. I don't know. Is it maybe eleventh? Maybe eighth or ninth? You know? Jeremy Powers finished in the top ten in a World Cup race. A yeah, few years I back. know that he has. I just I don't know. If it's been recently. But anyway, so strong ride by Hyde. Unfortunate incident at the beginning of the race where Ugh. Klaus Vauntenout almost pulled a T-bone. Yeah. T-bone Myers and uh, smacking himself on the concrete. Yeah. Or well, the cobbles. He, he, he did smack himself on the concrete, and he did break his collarbone. Did he break his collarbone? Is that confirmed? I wasn't sure. Actually, I'm not sure it was confirmed, but I mean, from the way he was holding his arm and the way he was walking off and the way he hit the ground, I can't imagine he didn't. I mean, he looked, it had, he had, you know, 10 out of the 10 dead giveaways for a broken yeah. collarbone. Uh, but yeah, whose idea was it? Again, if you haven't watched the race, you may not know this, but the, the start shoot of this race was a slick, cobbled road but haven't i mean have they not always started on that road i feel I, like they go up that hill a lot well i mean well they they do and they i mean you know they they ride on they ride cobbles um in the race but but just the idea of starting everyone at a dead you know standing start sprint to the whole shot on a cobbled road uh, to me seems eminently dangerous uh and, and maybe a little ridiculous. And no, I don't think that that race, that race used to start, um, I think this was the first year that they uh, did the start the way they did it. I think it used to start at the actual start finish. And as you alluded to earlier, Bodie, this year, they they started the race well away from the, from the start finish. They started it sort of about two or three minutes 
from the from the finish line back up on the at the sort of at the top of the hill again on those cobbles they didn't ride that sec that that particular section of cobbles uh in the race they only used that for the start shoot uh, and, and i guess that's what they had to work with it's not like they're going to pave the pave the cobbled road of the ancient citadel of namor just to do a start of a cross race on but i'm pretty sure they've started on that road before okay yeah no i'm the more that start up that hill yeah definitely that actually might be one of this might be one of the races that jay pow has done really well at before um so we'll have to dig into the uh into our cx archives and see if we can come back next week with a little trivia yeah well klaus the... klaus von turnout uh it, it is certainly wishing they hadn't started this race on that road today I mean, it was just bad luck. It wasn't like you know, owing entirely to the to the slick road, but it certainly couldn't have helped. So that was that. Uh, there was also a, a um, uh, another race on Saturday, which neither you or I watched. So we'll blame the fact that we aren't covering that race on uh, Drunk Matt. I did watch the highlights. Talk about it. Um, and it was actually a much closer battle between Wow and Vanderpool. Looked like they were almost together towards the end, and I, I don't. It might have been two, maybe it was Lauren Schweek who was in third in that one. But seems that Wout had a good day yesterday too, and that his training had paid off. And it wasn't just the fact that uh, Vanderpool was sick. So did he? Wout won the race on Saturday. As no, well? Vanderpool won, but they were together to the end. Okay, which we haven't seen in a while. Um, and yeah, I, I found some highlights, so that's, that's all I have on that. So Vanderpool won yesterday and he wasn't sick and he lost today. And according to his dad, it's because he was sick. Sounds a little fishy to me. So we had our own, uh, cross shenanigans here, not this weekend, but last weekend. And we didn't talk about it last week because we had so much fun, uh, talking to our buddy Thomas in the interview uh, on the podcast last weekend. Yeah, and by the way, if you have not listened to the interview with Thomas Gibbons, you definitely should go check that out. I was listening to that on the way over, and it's, it's some, there's some good stories uh, that he gives from uh, U.S. Nats, Road Nats, and his uh, big win in, uh, in Belgium. So those are pretty enjoyable to listen to, so definitely make sure you listen to that episode. Yeah, I mean, I can say that that episode was awesome without seeming self-congratulatory at all because i don't think we had anything to do with that i think that was all thomas oh uh, for sure bring yeah. in bring in his personality and his stories and for anybody who's interested in cycling uh, from the perspective of a racer from a fan uh just just interested in the sport uh, thomas is a guy who has a lot of knowledge for both firsthand and also just general fan knowledge of, of cycling and he's a fun guy to listen to talk about it so yeah check that out for sure um, but yeah let's do what we didn't do last week and talk about dsgp the finale in new orleans last weekend The championships of the Delta States Grand Prix of Cyclocross was and what? the Lambra District Championship as well. And the Lambra District Championships, which I don't think we spoke enough about uh, before the race. People didn't quite understand how that was working out. Um, but we have some 
cyclocross district champions that I, I guess you don't get a jersey for that you do get a jersey for that do you yes you will be receiving if you won your category in the lambra district championships you will be receiving an email from lambra in the next several weeks notifying yeah. you of your eligibility to receive a champion's jersey i didn't get one when i won the cat four or five lambra district championships you know, it was a different time. Um, but yeah, so the the finale of the seven-race DSGP cyclocross series was also the Lambra District Championship race. It doubled as both the finale of the series and as the district championships. So there were multiple winners crowned. The winners of the individual races... Uh, that on that particular day uh, won the district championships uh, and accumulated points toward the overall DSGP series title. And uh, I don't know, Bodie, anything stand out? I mean, the, the results are posted at lambra.org if anybody wants to check them out in particular. Uh, did anything stand out for you, Bodie, in, in, terms, of, in terms of things? Actually, you know, Matt's not here tonight, but Matt got some interviews at DSGP, and I believe he uh, spoke with Skip Town, designer of the course last year, so we maybe we should just listen to that bit. That sounds great. Yeah, let's see what Skip had to say about the course layout and the weather and the crowd and what was going on out there. Hey, guys. Out there in podcast land. See, Skip Town just walked past me. Uh, Skip, can you come over here, please? Uh, I believe you're a uh, designer of this course. Uh, well, I was last year. Uh, Townsend and some other people did mostly the layout of the course because we were busy building the flyover. Yeah, I see that. And uh, folks, it's a magnificent flyover. We'll be uh, we'll be posting pics on the site of that. Uh, we've already seen some uh, some nice air from a couple of people uh, on it in the uh, in the Cat Five. So uh, looking forward to see what the so-called masters can achieve. Um, but skip this course layout still. Fairly similar to last year, is that right? Yeah, the general like flow and direction is pretty similar. There's not in the space a lot of options to do it. Otherwise, you could run the course backwards. But generally speaking, uh, we have a an over and under flyover, so that's going to require some sort of figure eight uh, crunch point in the course. Uh, so you've got two lanes of traffic going up, over, and under. So the the course has to wrap around on itself that way. So that's kind of your midpoint of the race, the the flyover. Uh, no matter kind of how you slice it. Um, and then we have the levy top running on the backside, uh, which generally lends itself towards long straights and then some fun stuff up and off the levy, uh, some off-camber stuff. And then on the other side of the levy, you've got some gates and some, some long runs. And then we use some of the pine trees and, and needles and leaves on the front side of the course uh, to give people some technical cornering, uh, you know, some stuff that could wash out. And then we have the big, the big knob uh, this year, and that's actually the only course modification I did uh, all day uh, was just slow people down before they came into the into the knob. It originally was a long straight power straight over the knob, uh, but we actually put a gate right in front of the knob uh, that slowed everyone down and actually made that first hill onto the knob a technical ascent rather than just a power and tabletop. Got you. So is it going to be rideable for most people? Uh, Talented, skilled, technical riders will be able to ride that whole section. Um, I would say your average Cat 5 has like a 50-50, uh, 
of being able to ride that whole section. So you'll probably see the pros, you know, maybe tripod through one section over there. And we want to make that, you know, we want to make that DSGP technical point of every race to be a decision. Uh, we want it to be rather than just a this is perfectly uh, rideable every time. We want weather and conditions and rider abilities to make it to where maybe that technical section, it might be worth putting a foot down or it might be worth running a 15 foot section rather than just know it's better to ride. Uh, we want people to, to, to have the opportunity to think that ride versus run question every lap and have it change. Gotcha. Well, we got a, a really uh, a great crowd out here already and it's probably going to uh, grow throughout the day. Very beautiful. Uh, it's been, it was very cold yesterday, uh, but it's, it's warmed up quite a bit today. Uh, dry, fast, uh, it's going to be some fun racing. Oh, certainly. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, it's just going to get faster. Uh, we've got more and more kind of skilled riders coming out, and uh, you're going to see more and more goofy stuff over the tabletops. Like right in front of us, people are fishtailing into the start-finish straight. Uh, we've got a lot, of, a lot of goofy stuff about to happen. Yeah, we just saw a guy from the uh, Ride More uh, Bicycles out of Pensacola just do uh, a nice slide into his teammate's ankle, uh, which was probably not too greatly appreciated. But uh, yeah, so we got uh, we got people from uh, from the great state of Florida here today. Uh, we got some, some guys from Texas. Uh, thanks a lot, Skip. Uh, I'll uh, let you get back on with things. Thanks, Matt. You and I raced together. First time ever that you and I raced a cyclocross race together, other than thing. maybe you know some kind of a you know hot laps at the at the training race sort of race, but uh, first time in a sanctioned USAC cyclocross race that you and I lined up together. Now we weren't in the same category. You were racing single speed, and I was racing masters, uh, which meant I gave you a thirty second head start. So Matt talked to us before the race when we didn't know what was going to happen. So yeah, let's let's listen to. Let's listen to Matt's interview with us before the race, and then we can come back and we can talk about how that race actually shook out and what happened. I'm here with Townsend and Michael, otherwise known as the T-Bone <laughs> and Bodie Bodie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so guys, we just watched the uh, Cat 5 and uh, women's 4-5 uh, and juniors race. Big field. Very big field, uh, a lot of people out here. It's really great to see. It's a beautiful day for cyclocross. So beautiful that I decided to uh, put on my skin suit with my hairy legs and uh, line up in the single speed race. Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, so you got uh, you got your zip tie on. What uh, what gear did you select? I'm in 36, um, 36, 18 probably, 36, 17. 36, 17 for all you uh, gear nerds out there. Townsend, uh, how do you feel about the course? I like the course. Uh, it's fast. It's got a couple of technical sections. Um, I guess I would say it's the kind of course that I like to ride. So I'm excited to, uh, also excited that uh, the Masters and Single Speed are racing in the same race, which means that I'm racing with Bodie today. Not actually racing each other in the same field, but we will be on the course together. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Well, we start after the Masters, right? That's right. So I'm giving you a little bit of a handicap, so we'll see if you can make that up. Okay, my goal is to bridge up to Townsend and then ride with him for the rest of the race. That'd be great. Yeah, if you want to just ride in front of me and let me uh, t ride your wheel, and then you can try to pass everybody else in the Masters race, and I'll just follow you to a Masters victory. 
Well, I did about two hot laps and I feel like a pile of garbage because I haven't ridden my bike in over a month. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Ding. All right, all right. Hey, whoa, and also we have uh, Chris Nevels doing his first cross race of the year, of the season. Is that correct? I, I, was, I was told by a couple of uh, teammates that I needed to come out of retirement. Yeah. In which I did, I managed to wipe off the bike and uh, take a lot of EPO. And uh, well, well, we'll edit that out. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, EPO is not what you think it is anymore <laughs> for me, anyway. But I'm excited. How do you feel about the course? You ridden it? Cool. I have. The flyover is fantastic. Something I've been looking forward to for a long time. Awesome. Wow, so uh, I'm not so sure that Sergio hadn't already started drinking when that uh, when he was recording that clip. I didn't really <laughs> notice it at the time, man, but he seemed a little lit. I think he was having a good time. I think he was enjoying being on injured reserve. So that was before our race. That was uh, it was probably 10:30 in the morning. That's that's Miller time somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. We raced we raced almost like 11:30. So yeah, we it was probably around 10:30. Um, but. You did pretty well in the Masters race, Townsend. Yeah, so as it turned out, the single speeds started before the Masters. So as I was saying earlier, I ended up giving you a 30-second head start. Uh, you went guns blazing from, <laughs> from the get-go. Pretty sure you got the whole shot in your race. Well, it's because the way that they started us so close to that first turn, I was definitely I was in second row. But then once we came around and then we went back out, past the crowd then then i then i got around people and uh yeah i you know you were leading the race at one point in time for a little bit yeah i I usually can if i want a whole shot i can usually grab it the thing is how much is that going to destroy the rest of my race and in this case i literally died yeah so i was thinking to myself a when you when you got the head start on me and then b when i saw that you were coming around that corner leading the race uh, I thought, well, there goes the plan. I'm never going to see Bodie again. Because, you know, given our general relative performance uh, to each other, uh, you, you would normally ride away from me in a cross race and giving you a 30-second head start, and then you getting a good start uh, would usually spell uh, the last time that I, that I see you. But as it turned out in this race, I guess you blew up a bit, and I think you told me after the race that you were sort of holding up just waiting for me to come around and then we're going to ride with me as was our plan uh, but as I came up on you and, and rode past you I was racing pretty hard with the guy right in front of me he and I were cat and mouse racing back and forth the whole race uh, and I didn't have time to slow down and chat and let you <laughs> grab my wheel and after that I, so I rode past you and then after the race uh, I heard words come out of your mouth that had never heard before and probably will never hear again which is Damn, Townsend, you came past me and I couldn't grab your wheel. <laughs> Indeed, I, I I sunk like a lead balloon um, as as I went off the front in my race, and then Spencer Ortego and Mike Esmonde caught up to me. Spencer said something like, "Well, now now you're dead," and he went went right past me. And I tried to stand a little, but I, I had absolutely nothing. Um, turns out I was also starting to get sick. Mm-hmm. last Sunday. Maybe you guys can hear it, but I've been kind of sick this last week, and I think that really got me extra down. But really, I was completely out of shape. Um, but I had a lot of fun. I'd never... I, I Every time someone would come past me, I would try and stick on their wheel, and then they would slowly, eventually just... They ride too fast for me. 
and I would slow down, and then and then I would build up speed for the flyover and hit it as hard as I could, and then I would hit the barriers really fast because our teammates were there cheering. But then I would be completely done for the rest of the lap. Um, well, whatever you whatever match you burned to get that one shot on the flyover that uh, Cole Sims I think captured yeah. of you. Whatever book of matches you burned to get that shot was absolutely worth it. Yeah, it was fun. That's a that's a uh, frame that and put it on your wall kind of photograph. Um, yeah, it was fun. There was one point where I uh, came up to the fly, like you know, the sort of the flat straight run into the, the flyover, and I was like, I'm not going fast enough. So I I stopped and I kind of pulled to the side and let people go past me, and then I then I rode backwards on the course, you know, and made sure that I wasn't in the way of anybody, and then. Um, I saw Zach, and he handed me a beer, and I, I took a, a hand up to get a little extra uh, liquid courage, and and I, you know, I wanted to make sure there was enough people around watching me, and and then I just, you know, hit sort the, of an evil can evil kind of build up totally to totally what, what exactly what I was trying to do, and I, I, it was super fun. Like I'd never raced with that sort of mentality before, and I think the next time I race, I'm going to try a little harder and be a little bit more in shape. But I, I did enjoy. Uh, I really enjoyed myself on Sunday, and I might, uh, like I said, probably gonna race in January. I think I'm gonna continue, continue to race. Just gonna try a new, have a new attitude towards it. So yeah, uh, Skip also mentioned, uh, and or Matt mentioned the guys from Pensacola. We have mentioned that already as well. January twenty first, yeah, is the race in Pensacola. We need to get a link. We can put a link up to that in the in the show notes, guys. You know, if you still have the cross hangover, um, or, or even if not, you know, go show those guys some love. Get out there and go race that race in Pensacola. Uh, I'm going to be there, Bodie. You said you're going to be there as well. Yep, probably um, racing single speed again. I think that's going to be a blast, and uh, you guys should all go check that race out. So, Townsend, how did you finish in the – you raced the Masters. How did you finish overall in the series? Race the Masters, I finished fifth in the uh, New Orleans race. Uh, I was third overall going into the race, uh, but because uh, Rolando Roman won that race, he uh, overtook me in points to finish third on the podium, and I finished fourth overall. Uh, but uh, it's all about the team, right? Uh, our, our teammate, uh, Kurt Gerrand, uh, one d- finished third in the race, uh, just ahead of me and David Watson, but scored enough points in the New Orleans race to solidify his series win for the DSGP overall. It was a hard-fought battle between Kurt and Ward McLean all year long. They were back and forth on the top step of the overall podium with Ward having it locked up for most of the of the series. Uh, but uh, Kurt pipped him on the on the last day, and uh, ended up taking the overall title. And I think uh, I think Matt spoke to those two guys before the Masters race, and uh, I think that's worth a listen. All right, guys, I'm here with Ward McLean and Kurt Durand, who are going to be fighting it out, I believe, for uh, Masters overall here today. Is that right, uh, Kurt? That is correct. How do you feel about the course today? Uh, I like it. I mean, I helped build it, so, you know. <laughs> oh, a bit, of a bit of a home field advantage there. What about you, Ward? I think we're going to not race and have a drinking contest. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, if you guys get hungry during the race, I'm going to be uh, handing out waffles right here just after the uh, 
just after the barriers. Awesome, that'd be fun. All right, how do you feel? You think feel good? I feel good. Feel all right. How is that? This was your first DSGP season, is that right? Yes, first one. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been ripping it up. So, uh, well, guys, uh, good luck out there. Don't get too much air off the top, okay? You know, leave some for the kids. Rubber down, rubber side down, always. That's right. Safety third, guys. All right, Kurt. Uh, any uh, you you had your kids out there in the uh, juniors race, and uh, actually, you guys both did, right? Uh, did both, you? Uh, both junior ladies. Yeah. So uh, your daughter Landry. Landry finished up first, and Viv was second, right behind her. Well, great job, guys. And uh, Kurt, any uh, anything to add about the the juniors race? Uh, no, I mean I think the flyover is a bit challenging for them, but I think they had fun. So. Yep, it looked like everybody had fun out there, and uh, everybody uh, made it in safe. So, uh, great day of racing out here today. I think Matt was recording all of these iPhone, all of these interviews through the uh, drunk filter on the iPhone. Man, everybody <laughs> sounds wasted in these interviews. Well, congratulations to Kurt for taking the overall. Uh, I know that he that was a goal of his. Uh, he was raring for us across all season. And speaking of our teammates, um, Matt also happened to get an interview with some of the. Urban South uh, women race in the 4-5 race. So you want to give that one a listen to? Absolutely. Hey, guys. I'm over here with the uh, the uh, Cat 4-5 women's Urban South team who just finished their race. Uh, we've got uh, Ali Mariano right here. Hi. Uh, looked like you took a bit of a tumble before the race. Can you tell us what happened there? Yeah, I, I went over the flyover and then uh, came around the turn and braked and just completely slid out in the turn and just smashed my right knee. So that was cool. <laughs> Ouch, yeah, that, that sounds a little bit rough, but did, uh, did you enjoy the race? I kind of enjoyed the race. <laughs> I wish that my knee didn't hurt when I was racing. <laughs> it was a good race. I mean, it would have been a good race. I know. Ask somebody else about the race. <laughs> All right, swiftly moving on. Elise, uh, how, how did you feel about the race today? Uh, I thought it was really good. The course is a lot of fun. Um, it's not super, super technical, but it's fast. There's no real like recovery period to kind of like catch your breath. Um, and the field is getting really nice and big, so it's, it's nice to have a lot of people in front of you to try to catch up with constantly. So um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Awesome, and we, uh, and we, you know, we interviewed you uh, right at the beginning of the season when you were putting on your boss cross race, and uh, the team has actually grown since then, the women's team, and I, I believe a lot of that is uh, through through you, right? Well, I think um, you know, I I've always been um, a supporter of being kind of like a, an ambassador for other women to race. So when I started racing and it was pretty much like a lot of it was me racing with Emily last year and I always felt really confident in racing because I had Emily with me so I felt like if we could kind of create this program and this sense of like you know the other women that are coming to the races other women are going to want to come. So we we really I kind of I feel like we kind of really built that relationship throughout the season starting with Boss Cross and so we kind of started with like a core group of five and then kept growing it and that's why I think you know our races are getting bigger are getting more fun and I, I don't know we're just having a good time awesome and uh, how many women are on the team now eight <laughs> I have no I think eight <laughs> eight yeah which is fantastic you guys are the biggest team uh, women's team in the uh, in the region right in the whole labor region I think so yeah and I think you know we're gonna keep growing it um, and keeping it to women who really want to just you know build the community and grow it whether or not we're podiuming or not uh, we're having a really great time so that's what it's all about Christina, how was your race today? 
Um, it was a lot of fun. I have to say, I went down from my first time on that flyover. It turns out you have to keep pedaling. Yep, it's a, it's a full gas effort up there, right? Yeah, it really is. I thought I had enough speed, but it just didn't happen. But I have to say, it was kind of a fun slide down. Yeah, it was uh, it was impressive to watch. Uh, we we had, I'm, I'm glad you made it out of there okay. But you recovered and you and you kept riding it, which was really impressive. Yeah, it's a lot easier to ride over it than to uh, run up the steps on the side. So definitely riding's the way to go. That's how I feel. I, my feeling is never get off the bike. Uh, but uh, did, what do you think about the course overall? Uh, it's really fun. It's nice and fast. There isn't a lot of recovery, so it's just full gas all the way. All right, and and uh, and how did you do today? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I think solid middle of the pack, which I'm happy with. That's that's right. That's my ballpark right there. So uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of with that. Uh, well, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Well, Christina, I hope you didn't get too many splinters in your butt when you went down the flyover. Yeah, that was it. Was a splintery affair, actually. I I was afraid I was gonna stab my stabbed my tires with uh, some splinters right there at the top of that thing. It was getting a little chewed up uh, up there at the top. You know, someone who wasn't afraid to stab his tires was our another one of our teammates, Mr. Alex Comier. He, uh, our resident Canadian. That's right. And I believe Matt had an interview with him just about that. All right, very quick one here. I'm here with uh, Alex Cormier, who uh, is going to be jumping in the single speed race. Alex, uh, I must ask you a question. Uh, how do you feel about the, uh, the race coming up? I feel very prepared. My mustache is full. I had my denim suit on this morning. I feel ready to go. All right. You are rocking the, the full full Canadian uh, style today, with your and you had your maple leaf hat on it, too. Yeah, repping my uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Go Canada. Yeah, so you are basically the international contingent, uh, I believe, uh, for the race today, seeing as I'm not racing. So uh, I'm, I'm, uh, my money's on you. The Canadian national champion of New Orleans. <laughs> that's, uh, that's something to aspire to. Uh, well, good luck. Um, don't get too much air, okay? I'll try not to. I'll try and keep my maple syrup in my tires. Nice. Actually, I have some uh, beautiful. Wa if you get hungry mid-ride, I have some waffles with maple syrup on them. Uh, if you need, uh, if you need to, some carbs midway. Perfect. I'll be looking for that. All right. Good luck, Alex. Thank you, Matt. Oh man. Wow, that was great. I hadn't heard that until just now. I did not know <laughs> that, that, that the Canadian people put um, maple syrup in their tubeless tires into the stands. Yeah. yeah, that's why they never win cross races. Because <laughs> they're stopping to. <laughs> It's too tasty. I don't know. Um, I think the last interview we, we got, uh, that Matt got, is actually with one of the folks from Pensacola, uh, Mr. Jason Nix. Let's do that, man. So, let's listen up. So, hey, uh, I'm uh, just talking to a gentleman from Ride More Bicycles uh, team. Uh, did you do the Cat 5 race, the 4-5 race? I'm doing the Cat 4 race. You're doing the Cat 4 race today. Okay. Um, and what's your name, sir? My name is Jason. Last name is Nix, N-I-X. Okay, Jason, and uh, you guys are based out of Pensacola, is that correct? That is correct, yes. So, hometown of uh, American champion Stephen Hyde. Uh, he was having a great first lap today uh, over in Belgium. Uh, he was in third place for a moment there, and then when my feed broke up, uh, he was about 20 places back. Uh, yeah, we all we all have the uh, ride with pride, Hyde, ride with Hyde pride in us, so we always try to make him proud, man. It's funny because we... 
a lot of us aren't friends with him, but we all know him, acquaintances one way or the other. So it's cool to see someone who's not come from a cycling background at all, not a jock, to be where he is today. It's freaking awesome, man. We try to we try to do him justice when we come out here. It's tough, but. Well, yeah, you you guys have been coming over here um, last couple of seasons, right? You guys actually showed up big time to this race last year. Was that your? Were you here at that race? I was. Yeah, I was racing the fives that year. Uh, but yeah, we try to. We don't have a lot of races where we live. We're kind of in a spot where there's a lot of racing going on to the north in Atlanta, over to the other side of Florida, like down in the south, and here. So this is the closest one. So this is. We feel like this scene is more like. It's competitive, but it's not uber serious. It's awesome. I like the environment is way more like cross instead of going to other races where everyone's just serious and uh, like. I mean, yeah, we take it serious, but you guys take it way, way less serious, but in a competitive sense. It's awesome. I like it. Right. Well, I mean, even though it's kind of like I think uh, you know the DSGP series really kind of brings brings the fun element. Uh, there is uh, there's some you know fast people who've like really really uh, progressed here. Uh, so I heard rumor that there might be a Gulf State series coming. I think that is in the works between we've, we've seen the Roulet van at Ridemore before. So we think that there is going to be some sort of connection between that because that's our biggest problem with when we're hosting races back home is that we don't want to step on toes of this series because we like it so much. So that's why all of our races are so late, which kind of sucks in the series because everyone's kind of like burn out by the time they get to our race. So not a lot of people from here go, which I totally understand. If you've been racing this series every weekend since the beginning, you're ready to be done. Like you are not having it by the time you get to that. So I can't blame them. So we're, maybe we can work something out to where we'll get thrown in there. And that way we don't have to pay for gas and hotel expenditures when we travel as much. Maybe we can make some friends. <laughs> well, that sounds good. I mean, I, I think, you know, th this is the fifth year of DSGP and it's just been growing and growing. We've got big field out here today. Beautiful day out here. Uh, good luck in your race today, Jason. Thank you, man. Thanks to everyone in DSGP for putting this on and giving us all a reason to come out and do this, to give us inspiration to do what we're doing. It's fucking awesome. So hats off to you guys. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Yeah, I have to say, I... Uh... I agree with Jason. I think that uh, some of those Pensacola races need to get put in the mix, uh, maybe more in the heart of the season, and uh, that, that uh, we need to branch out and start bringing some of this DSGP love to Pensacola. Well, you know, this is actually something that you and I and Skip talked about last season uh, after DSGP was over. We got together and tried to brainstorm a way to organize races around locations that had a lot of people. I think we decided like our sort of ethos was we would much rather race in full fields than a really amazing course. Yes. And so we looked at the stuff in Delta States. We looked at some stuff that we've done in Alabama and around Birmingham, and we looked at you know, I hadn't gone to Pensacola yet. Or no, I actually did, sorry. We know they have a good scene there too. Um, and then we sort of talked about trying to do some sort of system where we had a race in New Orleans, uh, a Birmingham, Pensacola, and I believe there was another, there was a spot in... We talked about doing something in, in Mobile maybe? Hattiesburg? I think we talked about doing somewhere in Mississippi because yeah. we did Louisiana, which would be New Orleans. We did uh, Birmingham, which would be Alabama. And we uh, Pensacola with Florida. And then somewhere in Mississippi... We had talked about doing Ridgeland, but because of its location, it might have made more sense. Now that we have a spot in Hattiesburg, um, 
but that was we kind of we we got to that point i think we kind of had did some good work we talked about maybe what we would do is that we would apply it as sort of a point structure similar to the u.s cup where they weren't they didn't own a race but they took your position from that race and gave you points and, and sort of apply it to the delta states races uh pensacola's race and then talking to the guys in Birmingham and trying to get something up there um, and then creating a series that sort of sat on top of it. We kind of shelved that, you and I, as we then kind of got into Harbor Master mode. Um, you know, I still think it's a good idea. I don't know that it's something that I can take up at this point, but... Well, it sounds like Wes and, and the folks in Pensacola at least are talking about it, and so maybe that'll be a start, and then maybe it, it, it bridges out and grows from there. I do think that next year Swamp Across is going to come back or it's going to be sanctioned and um, I'm not sure where it's going to be but and I think maybe we try and do something more later in the season um, maybe Boss Cross can take over that beginners that the the opener race spot and we can slot in sometime in the later season well, you know, from a promoter's perspective, when you look at the field sizes and you look at the number of people that showed up for the New Orleans race versus the number of people that showed up, for instance, to the race in Ruston, um, and you think about the fact that there were two races in Ruston and only one in New Orleans, from a pure numbers perspective of racer days, it's hard to, it's hard to think about not doing more racing in New Orleans. I'm not necessarily saying doing less racing in other places, but... Um, yeah, we doing can add more, more races in New more Orleans. More races makes here sense. makes sense. I looked at the numbers from the entire five years, and and the biggest uh, amount of racers comes from an opener in New Orleans, or an opener in Baton Rouge. Right. Um, and that's just, but that's where the most most of the people are in this area. So it makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to add. I'd like to have more races in our area, and I feel like. That we we can do it, and, and you know I think the fly is is a, it's a pretty solid venue, and if the, I have a few venues in my head that I'm trying to figure out, we can work out. But if not, I think we could do something to fly, and even if we didn't have the flyover, I could make that a really good course, um, and I'd make it nice and long and uh, twisty and fast. And so yeah, I'm kind of excited about next year's cyclocross, even though the season is not technically over yet. No, it's not. So yeah, let's get out and do the race in Pensacola, uh, January 21st. I'll post a link to that. We've also got uh, Wes and Roulet promoting another cross race, right. Mardi Cross, coming up. Uh, that is a, that is another New Orleans race. So there you go. There's a second race in New Orleans. Not not exactly in the heart of the season, but usually yeah. a pretty good turnout for that race. Uh, it's 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 a little bit of a sort of late season after the end of the season kind of afterthought race, but it's a fun race. Um, everybody's kind of almost getting into road mode at that point in time, but it is fun. Uh, I raced it. The guys from Pensacola were there last year as well. I raced with, in fact, I think I raced, uh, with, uh, Jason, whose, uh, interview we just heard in the, uh, B race in, uh, Marty Cross last year. Um, so before we close out DSUP, I just wanted to kind of run through the results real quickly and just kind of give a shout out to the, uh, district, district winners and the overall winners. So let's just, um, we'll start at the bottom. And um, so on Sunday, we had Patton Sims, Spencer Ortigo, and Mike Esmonde, Esmonde uh, who were the podium in the single speed race. And in that overall, uh, which is great now, folks, our overall results are on the Lambert page. 
you had Patton win the gold, uh, Spencer in second, and Daniel Swan, because uh, Mike's in Florida, in third. And then the overall results for the series in single speed, uh, Taylor Mills, semi-tough cycling club, uh, racing for uh, Roulet Racing, uh, was uh, finished the, ser- the series in first, followed by Patton Sims and Spencer Ortigo rounding out the overall podium. So congratulations to our good bro, uh, Taylor Mills. Uh, his first real full season racing cyclocross yeah, this year. good to see. And he's smashing it on the single speed, part of the NOLA fixed crew. So looking forward to some more of those guys coming out. I mean, they brought a number of people out this year uh, racing single speed and hopefully that uh, continues. So moving on, uh, just going up for the results. In the Masters on Sunday, we had Rolando Roman, who got first, uh, Ward McLean in second, and our teammate Curtis Gerrand in third. And as we have already alluded to, the uh, overall um, was won by Kurt Gerrand. Second place was Ward McLean. Third place, Rolando Roman. So basically, the overall podium was a mirror image of the district championship podium. So after the Masters, scrolling up, we have the Junior Open race. So the last race, uh, Rudy took first, Rudy Horvath. Uh, Landon Brookshire got second, and Lane Presley got third. But we also are giving out podium. We're giving... There's a podium for the women. That was Landry McLean in first and Vivian Gerrand in second for yep. the junior girls. Uh, we did not, we don't have the overall results posted on Lambert's website for the juniors or for the women's 4 or 5, but uh, I can tell you that the overall podium for the uh, DSGP series uh, was the same as the. Uh, the way that race finished. Rudy Horvath for the second, maybe third year in a row, won the overall DSGP junior title. So congratulations, Rudy. As I've said before on this podcast, great guy, um, great kid. I mean, he's 14, 15 years old, and and, uh, he loves racing cyclocross, and he's a blast to see out at these races, and he's a huge cross supporter, and he's always the guy standing on the edge of the course even after his race is done. When all the other kids are off messing around, you know, doing whatever they're doing, throwing rocks and doing whatever, Rudy's standing at the side of the course uh, cheering on the 50-year-old dudes uh, racing their bikes in the the Masters race. So thanks, Rudy. Um, So... In the next race, the women category four five, there is no overall because it's uh, there's no overall for the four fives and the fives um, for the district. And on Sunday, Leslie Robinson took home the win. Uh, Emma Scott, our teammate, in second, and Elizabeth Reinhard from Crush Racing in third. Um, great race, Leslie Robinson. I think new to cross this year. It's also Emma Scott, both uh, racing real strong. I just upgraded Emma Scott to four. Leslie, you I think you have enough to be a four-two. Um, you all are gonna start earning some points soon, and uh, we'll have more threes next year by mid-season. Absolutely. All right, and uh, cat fives. We had Daniel Swan who took the victory, followed by Logan Roberts and Ian Littner. So that was one guy from New Orleans, uh, Britt, by the way, of New Orleans, and two guys from Pensacola. Also, That's right. So, uh, yeah, Matt, actually, uh, your countryman, uh, good showing there in the, in the fives, may have, uh, may have 
won the uh, won the international category. I'm not sure. It's, it'd be a toss up between uh, uh, Daniel and uh, Alex Cormier from Canada. So uh, I, I guess there is a district championships in the Cat Five. So Daniel won that, um, and then we go down to fifth place, which was Corey Mouton, and then in seventh place, our teammate Taylor Reinhardt. So kudos, Taylor. That was your Lambra Cat Five podium. And so next we have the women's. Well, actually, let's go to the, we have a Cat Four uh, men. So on Sunday, Eric Larson, as we said, won. Eric Stewart was in second. And Jason Nix, who we heard in the podcast, was in third. And if we go to our overalls, we have. Um, so we got a. So overall, Eric Larson won. Brian Barnett, Mr. Consistent, got second. And Eric Stewart uh, finished on the podium in, after only doing you know three races as a Cat Four. So yeah, kudos right. to him. And Eric also, because he is uh, from the Lambert region, was the gold medalist, as we mentioned previously. And Eric, uh, Brian Barnett got silver, and our teammate Will Gonzaba got third. Who, sorry, Will, you stayed for the podium, but someone read the result wrong, and you didn't get a podium shot. It happens, but it has been corrected, and your medal, I understand, is being mailed to you. All right, and so let's go to the Women's Open on Sunday, we had Tiffany Landry take first, Kim McLean second, and Emily Bissett in third. Uh, Tiffany Landry, this is, I think, her, her second season in racing cross, but I feel like this is the first season she's really kind of gone all in, and she's pretty much won every race she started this year. So kudos to her. Um, Missed a few races at the beginning of the season, but still won enough toward the end of the season to finish third overall in the DSGP series. Uh, second was Emily Bissett, and uh, winning the DSGP overall for the Women's Open this year, Kim McLean. Yeah, good battle between uh, Kim and Emily. And Emily did, finished third last year. This year she finished second. So who knows? Maybe next year she can she can take it up. She can win it. She's got to find a way to stop Tiffany. She's who, getting better every year. Who was a district champion, and Kim Silver and Emily in third. Last, but most definitely not the least, um, is our one, two, three men, and we had Patrick Stewart. Stewart Patrick. <laughs> Every time. Every Flip time. that in reverse. It. Every time. Uh, Stewie, who usually races from behind, raced at the front for the most of that race because Stewart yeah. got a good. He, he got a he got a good start this race. Yeah. And he was probably third or fourth at the end of the first lap, and I don't know if you were with me, Bodie. Somebody was with me. When, I, when Stewart came through fourth after the first lap, I said Stewart's going to win this race. Pretty, pretty, pretty good bet. And you know, Jack White was off the front, and he burped his tuber there on the flyover, and had to go to the pit, grab a mountain bike, and luckily, people, our community, ran and tried to fix his uh, his wheel, uh, they, his tire. They couldn't. Eventually, Mike Ismonde, who was doing the announcing, said, grab my wheel. So he eventually got back on his cross bike, and he he went, I don't know, he came back pretty well, uh, but only could get to thir- uh, fourth. Um, and Peter Reed was able to hold on to his overall uh, lead in, in second place with John Kripe finishing third. And Jack White ended up, rounded out the podium. I guess you said that. No, Jack White got fourth. Kripe got third. 
In the overall, I'm talking about. Oh, now. in the overall. Yes, yes, true. Yeah, Peter Reed got first, John Kripe second, and Jack White uh, third. Stuart Patrick just off that overall podium, missed a few races. Next year, you know, he could be one taking home the overall. But he is the Lambra district champion. He is. In Cat 1, 2, 3. Peter Reed second, and John Kripe in third. And John Crap, congratulations on your upgrade to CX Cat 2. Hey. Cat up Cripe. Good deal. Jack White ought to be on his way as well, huh? He's almost there. Yeah. He's almost there. If he would have right. stayed in first, he would have yeah, he would have won. He would have got upgraded. So I got a joke for you, buddy. Do you know how many uh, cross racers it takes to fix Jack White's tubular? I don't know. Oh God, how many people were with him? That? There's that's a joke with no punchline. There must have been at one point fifteen people trying to help fix this dude's tire. That's true. I believe they were trying to hook a pump up to the car. Oh, to my God. It was ridiculous. To... I, was, I was one of those for a while. But, yeah, so that's that's it, folks. That's that's a wrap on Delta State's Grand Prix of Cyclocross, fifth season. Uh, another great one. I had a good time taking photos this year and of all y'all. hope you guys enjoyed those. Um, Townsend, any, any par- parting words uh, before we... No parting words on DSGP. I just, uh, you know, it was it was a blast, and um, man, I highlighted my season was uh, was beating you in that race. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could provide that to you. Uh, I had a good time trying to hold on to your wheel. You won't see that again anytime soon. Well, we've talked a long time. Uh, let's uh, before we get out of here, though, we've got. We've got a review. We've we got a read. review. We've got a brand new review. I think it's a pretty good one. So I'm going to go ahead and read it to you folks right now. This review is titled, Yeah, You Listen, with three exclamation points. And it's a five-star review from Hota de Blanco. Hmm. hmm. Must be Italian. Hota de Blanco says, I look forward to this podcast every week, even though they talk about cities I've never been to and pronounce names I can never spell. It doesn't matter that I don't race bikes or even NOLA. Hell, I live in Oregon. The witty banter, European accent, not tonight, and the sound of beers cracking open keep me tuned in weekly. With segments like Tire Talk, I now know what I'm doing I now know that I'm doing it all wrong. And I recently learned that the phrase cross is coming is not a warning from the Christians. <laughs> Shave up the legs, lube up the chain, drop in the earbuds, and enjoy. Well, that was great. That's a good one. That uh, happens to be from one of my, you'll just call him my best friend, J.D. White. Uh, so, J.D., thank you very much for that review. I know he's been trying to leave a review for the past entire time that we've had a podcast, but he hasn't figured out the technology. It looks like he finally did. So thanks oh, that's again. great. And hey, guys, if you're out there listening and uh, you like the podcast and you listen to it on a semi-regular basis, uh, go on and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you think about it, leave a review on iTunes and let us know what you think. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Drop us an email. Yeah, you're right at gmail.com. And keep tuning in week after week. We'll be back next week with uh, a full complement of podcast talent including Sir Cheerio assuming we can wake him up and get him up off the couch next week and we'll have some uh, some new trash or panache um, a few new kits came out this week a few more will be coming out next week so I'm sure we'll have some trash and panache we've got some news on the road cycling front including 
some interesting news lately with respect to uh, Mr. Chris Froome that we'll be talking about next week. And we're working on some more interviews. So tune in. And uh, I'm going to toss it back to you, Bodie, and sign off. This is the T-Bone saying good night to all and to all a good night. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, <coughs> I think I might have developed asthma. That's what your mom said in the post-race interview. <laughs> what? Like the way this is going. You like the way this is going? <laughs> I don't know. It's I mean, terrible. It's, fine. it's not terrible.